members only. Hypnotizers move through the room like ambulance drivers, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the Football Ramble. My name is Marcus Speller and Jim Campbell's here. Hello. Luke Moore's here. All right. And Pete Donaldson's here. Watcher. the football ramble ladies and gentlemen I wasn't lying um, it's good to have you with us it's a new week it's uh, it's it's time to talk about football again gentlemen <laughs> well we clock in and clock out mm. <laughs> as if you'd have it any other way before we do that we're going to ask to answer this how would you help Ronald Koeman and Martin O'Neill make up after their fallout over James McCarthy's fitness we saw this, Jim, didn't we, in the press? We did, yeah. I think maybe maybe you you are our official Ronald Koeman <laughs> correspondent, so perhaps you'd give some background if anyone missed it. Yeah, well, Basically, it wasn't Ronald Koeman's fault. <laughs> That's right, yeah. And his Twitter feed's brilliant. Yeah. Well, a lot of things are his fault, because Martin O'Neill referred to him as the, as the master tactician of deception, was it? Or something? Yeah. something like that. Or, and then, um, and then passing or something along those lines. How many caps have you got on, Neil? <laughs> You've got quite a few, I was going to say. 64 for Northern Ireland. Yeah, he did play for Clough's Nottingham Forest, you know. Yeah, yeah. Both good All careers. Right. Yeah, how many free kicks did he score for yeah. Barcelona? This isn't about their playing careers, yeah. gentlemen. This is about McCarthy's fitness. And and when Martin O'Neill called him the master tactician of, of whatever it was, yeah. Ronald Koeman then tweeted in response and signed off the tweet, signed the master tactician. <laughs> yeah. Brilliant. That was Dip- so deception. good. Yeah. yeah. Oh, the bl- master tactician of blame or something yeah, it was. that's right. Yeah. It, it, it the blame game, I think he said. <laughs> he's, he's incredibly unflappable, Koeman, isn't he? Yeah. You can't really imagine him losing his temper, so he's always going to do quite well in those sort of spats, whereas O'Neill just flips his lid. Well, he's like his Moriarty to O'Neill's um, like yeah, detective, isn't he? Yeah. Really? Mm. Mm. Detective, Sherlock Holmes. <laughs> All right. O'Neill, Still his job. Yeah. <laughs> O'Neill played McCarthy, in case you didn't see this, in, in a Republic of Ireland game, and Koeman thought he was injured and uh, he shouldn't have been played, and of course he could play, he picks up an injury, all that kind of stuff. It's a club versus country round all over again. Yeah. And then O'Neill said, well, James uh, McCarthy didn't get much of a rest after the Euros, and then Koeman tweeted saying actually he got three and a half weeks rest after the Euros. They need to make up. They do. Mm. How are we going to do this, gentlemen? Jim. Well, um, it's often said that love and hate are very close, isn't it? And <laughs> well, I, they collide I, sometimes. Yeah, indeed. I, I don't remember... Um, you wrote a love song. <laughs> is it, is it, is it, sorry, I'm reading from the wrong notes. I'd love this to is, hear it. This is from my soft jazz album. Um, <laughs> No, uh, well, it is, isn't it? And I, I don't know if you guys remember, a, f- a few years ago now, there was this article in The Guardian that, would, that was very widely shared, which was this thing where there's a theory that you can ask somebody 36 questions and then stare at, if you stare into each other's eyes for four minutes after it, you will fall in love. And I'm wow. sure it isn't yeah. as simple as that. How many, how many, how many questions have I asked you, Jeff? That's how many Pete met. That sounds like a video um, YouTube uh, feature we could do yeah. yeah we should try and fall in love with each other yeah. that'd be weird wouldn't over it? again and again so Jim but yeah I think some of the questions are sort of quite intimate like if you could change anything about your life what would it be and what's your relationship with your mother like a lot of them are quite frivolous so Pete, I would no, sort don't of, answer them yeah, don't yeah. Just, <laughs> what's my yeah. relationship with your mother like yeah. <laughs> I know it's good um, <laughs> but yeah um, moving on from that uh, yeah so I would I would sort of sit them down I wouldn't tell them that I was doing this 
uh, and I would I would have them do this quiz and then do the four minutes thing and just see if they sort of fell in love. Mm. Um, and that mm. would you know it, it would be a, it could be a beautiful thing. I mean, it might have catastrophic ramifications for their own personal lives, but um, you know, I, I try and fix it in quite, in quite yeah. That's exactly. what football do to you. <laughs> I exactly. think I think if Martin O'Neill did come back from that, and Roy Keane said, "How did you get on?" And I, I, I think I fall in love with him. <laughs> that would soon be reversed. Yeah, Keane would go in and ask the questions, and Koeman would just I don't know, like disintegrate. <laughs> they have a divorce about who would be assistant who would be manager. Yeah, that's right. That's, Luke, what are you going to answer? How are you going to answer? Well, I sort, well, sort of interpreted this question slightly differently because I don't want to let the ramble listeners behind the curtain too much, but the email question I got was settle their differences in quotes, not make up. So I'm, I'm going to go for a slightly different, down a slightly different avenue of that's okay. Um, and I agree with Pete. I think, I think Martin O'Neill is, is sort of almost a detective trying to track down Ron Akuman. He's got mm. more of the... Because uh, he does the... love his crime, doesn't he? Does, he? Exactly, yeah, absolutely. Um, they've both won two European Cups as players as well, by the way. Mm. You wouldn't think yeah. of that Martin O'Neill. Yeah, it's no. crazy. Forest, you would. Yeah, well, quite, you know, yeah, but yeah. people wouldn't necessarily make the connection, True. is what I mean. It was and, a notorious um, one. And, I'll, 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 and I'll, never t- I'll never miss an opportunity to say that um, Ronald Koeman spent most of his career as a defender, sweeper, or holding midfielder. 239 goals. Mm. So, you know, <laughs> I mean, I'm always about to mention that. But anyway, my answer is that they both, in my view, tend to dress quite poorly on the touchline. Now, Ronald Koeman occasionally wears a suit, but at the weekend he was wearing a, uh, a tracksuit, which I didn't like to see because mm. it was a Merseyside derby. Yeah, exactly. He mm. needs to dress for the occasion. Uh, Martin O'Neill always wears terrible tracksuit bottoms tucked into socks and football boots. He needs is, to leap up and cool. down, though. That's, you know. Uh, but yeah, I know what you mean. Uh, it, 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 he needs it, the capacity for leaping. He doesn't want to be slipping. Get a trampette. Yeah, he doesn't want to be slipping on, on the side. No. I understand that. So he doesn't want to wear a pair of dress shoes. But maybe he could wear some um, some sort of smart shoes with a suit with some studs on the bottom of it. Some cute, <laughs> some cute heels. A range, that's a range we could bring out. Yeah. But anyway, I was going to say, what I would get him to do is compete against each other in the fashion show, uh, fashion TV show Project Runway. Okay. They've right. both got a design... Um, like different outfits and stuff, and yeah. you get judged over who's the best. And then maybe the other person has to wear the one who wins outfits. That's what I'd do. <laughs> Outfit based. Yeah. Nice trying competition. to steal, trying to, like uh, trying to reach the uh, Donaldson audience mm. for that one. Peter. Um, I would make them both have a scrap on the Rock of Gibraltar. Now you're talking. And then no one would get, would want to get involved, to be quite frank. Yeah. Be like, I'm not, I'm leaving that well alone, to be honest. Everyone else is involved. <laughs> and does Michael Howard announce the winner? <laughs> a couple yeah. of, there's lots of, uh, there's lots of gibbons up on the, is it, are they gibbons yeah, or yeah, not are gibbons? Are they gibbons? Or, I don't know. Uh, what, some sort of, in Gibraltar. Some sort of primate. I'm so they, they could get involved. Then. They could get involved. I'm surprised you haven't been, Pete. I know. I, because obviously McCarthy's fitness is, what is at stake it's here? The most important exactly. thing. Exactly. And I'd say, right, you two, unless you make up, you two are going to have to perform the surgery. Oh, okay. Does Together. he need surgery then? I, possibly. I don't, <laughs> you I don't know. Know. He doesn't. You're going to have to find something. Take to... his appendix out. He doesn't need that. <laughs> yeah. You're going to have to perform the physiotherapy. You're going to have to perform this yourselves together okay. unless, you, unless you make up. Okay. And I'm pretty sure soon enough they would want their player back. Do Over... a King Herod and threaten to cut him in half. Over a man, <laughs> yeah, mm. and you get half each. Yeah, <laughs> and only the true mum would say, "No, don't do that." So what you could do is you could combine yours and Jim's answers and have them fall in love over a massaged muscle, <laughs> <laughs> which is often how it does happen. Yeah, um, uh, I, I think Jim's got the points again. Well, 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 Jim. Jim. That's two in a row right, for Jim. Dedicate him to love. Yeah, yeah. yeah. love's all you need. Love's all you need. And it is uh, it is very prevalent in the room right now. Uh, the Premier League is where we're going to start talking, and Crystal Palace fans had oh. a lot of love making to do on that Saturday night after they beat Chelsea 2-1. <laughs>
that's a title race back on. <laughs> uh, can you hear it? Really it really isn't. Can you hear the Tottenham car catching up with the Chelsea car <laughs> in the title race? What did you say oh, I wonder week? how this will end. Uh, because Chelsea drove over a Crystal Palace oil slick. <laughs> Conte doesn't do complacency. Marcus oh, Speller last yeah. week. Yeah, well, he doesn't. But he wasn't on the pitch. <laughs> the thing is, though, Pete, they offset each other because Marcus also beat the Crystal Palace to win the game. So yeah. he, he can't lose that. Well, ball. Uh, fake yeah. news. I said it was worth a flutter. I, yeah. I don't want to say I predicted it, but uh, I did. I, I, there was a little, uh, a little raised eyebrow. You spent, but you took about five seconds to WhatsApp us all. Is basically what happened. Um, Final whistle went. Ring. <laughs> That was Marcus. I told you that would happen. (laughs) It was a a ruddy, wonderful win for Palace. Um, Zaha. He's he's suddenly become the player we thought he was uh, going to be a couple of years ago when he went to Manchester United. It's absolutely incredible. Yeah, he was fantastic. He just ran them ragged. Yeah. I mean, what, what I wouldn't have done... To go to Crystals that night, <laughs> everyone. Do you know if you were Big Sam, would you not be? You'd have gone to the away end after the game and gone. Everyone tonight at Crystals, <laughs> we're putting mini buses on. <laughs> mini buses. Just show your ticket. You thought it was Man Under Allen. You've seen nothing. We've put the Tony Pulis money behind the bar. <laughs> two, two bottles of Corona for a fiver. A fiver. You're not getting a lime though. <laughs> that's, that's taking the mic. Yeah, Zaha, you can have a lime. You have one. You can split a line with Benteke. Oh, What's that, four and four wins? It's four yeah, and four. Yeah. Conceded. Unbelievable. It's, it's changed everything. Sacco, oh. Sacco's the difference. It needs Isn't it just? Absolutely immense. Fantastic again, yeah. You know what? I think with Sacco, he's the sort of defender who suits being busy. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah. the, the more he's got to just batter into and like hack away, um, the more confident he is. I think, I think that of uh, Jordan Pickford in the Sunderland goal. Yeah, as well. Well, I, absolutely. There's I wonder if he goalkeeper. gets a better move, will he, or a move to a better club? Will he actually perform as well? Every season, there's a goalkeeper who gets peppered all mm. season, mm. Yeah. and it's been and they get a really good reputation because of it. And it's Pickford. I guarantee you, when Sunderland relegated Pickford, will get a move. But Sarko, he's been excellent since he went to Palace. And you're right, he, he's, he he likes having a busy time of it, doesn't he? I think that's a, a very good point, Jim. I mean. Perhaps people who, who watch Saka play in France might disagree, but there are there, there is different styles of defending, isn't there? Yeah. Obviously, yeah. And that seems to be suiting him very much at this moment in his career because Absolutely. he has been immense and a huge it's part. It's the first goal we've conceded with him in the team. That, that, um, yeah, I believe that, so. Yeah, that was a very good goal too. And they played. It was away to Chelsea. You know, <laughs> and, and to make that even better, they actually came back from going a goal down as yeah. well, which makes it harder. Yeah, it, like pretty much immediately. And then just, no, see you later, Chelsea. We are just going to shut up shop. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> the defending was backs to the wall stuff, obviously, later on. Yeah. It, and, and this is the thing. When you, when you say, oh, Chelsea, I understand you're slightly tongue-in-cheek when you say they've been a bit complacent. Because it was one of those freak results, really, in one sense, without doing Palace too much of a disservice. You know, I know the form that they've carried on into the game. But away to Chelsea, the way Chelsea are playing, um, it, it's always going to be... Well, oh, <laughs> that's why they signed him, isn't it? For that little bit of extra quality. The, the confidence in that. He loves scoring against Chelsea. It's not <laughs> bad team to be prolific against. To be fair, finding yourself in front of a girl like that and having that amount of time and being so calm and just flicking it into there, it was glorious. <laughs> we, we had an email, they said, said they thought Chelsea would be complacent this this, this mm. time around. Yeah, well, it's a fair shout, actually. There was, there was one or two people saying that. But the, the reason why I don't think it was that complacent was because they were hit with with the old one two quite early on. Yeah. yeah. And yes they didn't recover. Yes they lost the game, but they were they were throwing men forward and on another day they would have won that fight. Oh, they too. also should have had a penalty. Yes, they should have had a penalty. Yeah, they had 73% possession and 24 shots. Mind you, they had 99 minutes to, to, to win the game. Yeah, yeah. They had 10% more. 99 minutes, but a, but a win ain't won. Yeah, quite. Didn't they have 32 players away on, on the international break? Which yeah, it, 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 it definitely somewhere. sounds like kind of like a, a post-international break. 
I can't imagine that Crystal Palace had quite so many away. No, and and you imagine that a lot of Chelsea's players will have travelled a little bit further. So. Would you would you would you describe Big Sam as pleased with himself? <laughs> <laughs> he absolutely loved yeah, it. But absolutely right to. Yeah, I suppose so. Yes. <laughs> you can't, it's funny though. Like, can't begrudge him four wins out of four and beating the team who were hoovering up so the Premier League title. Time, though, didn't he? I mean, it was. If they had lost a bit, like, no, but he predicted that. <laughs> he yeah. did predict that though, didn't he, Big Sam? He said early on, he what, said, "I'll it, be a bit shit." No, he didn't. Well, he said that this will take a bit of time to get going and if we are to get out of this it will be later on in the sort of April, May time or whenever it was and he has been spot on with that. If they had lost all the games they'd won they'd be bottom. Literally bottom of the table. So that is... Yeah, they got 12 points obviously in the last four games. They'd be on 19 of it if they, and that would be one point below Sunderland. But this so. is the kind of run if you're, if you're a supporter of Hull or Swansea, or one of the other sides, or two of the other sides down there, you don't want to see a rival team go on a run like this. No. That's momentum, you, as like, like Luke always says, at it's this point in the series, it's this way you pick up the points. Of course. And, and also as well, when, when, when Palace go away to Chelsea, the other teams are thinking, right, we could, you know, with a point or, mm. or, or a lucky win or something like that, we can gain some ground. And then they see the result, they're like, oh, for crying out loud, Chelsea! <laughs> that really was, you know. Um, David Moyes said it was a slap in the face, but there we are. <laughs> um, but... Uh, <laughs> Um, but yeah, yeah, it's it's uh, it's looking pretty good for for the Eagles at the moment. Mm. Um, and uh, Zaha, there's reports that he's going to be offered a hundred grand a week. But do we think that somebody like Spurs will come in and swoop? It's because he's had his fingers burned before with a move to Man United. You wonder if, if Zaha might wait a little while. But um, it's the first time I've ever seen him speak after the game. I, I, I was really surprised. Mm. I've never never heard him speak before. Yeah, I have not. I've, I've not got any point to make on that. It's just surprising <laughs> to see. Mm. But he's been off. He's been going to be offered a new deal apparently. But, but you know, going back to Chelsea, um, obviously this is a difficult time to record for us this week because there's games tomorrow night and Wednesday. But Chelsea are playing City at home, aren't they? Next time, mm. I tell you what, if, if they lose that game. And because I think Spurs are at Swansea, if they lose that game and Spurs win, we're on for it. Yeah, four no, it points. Was, we're on for it, mate. Four points. I've always said, I've always said, if you get to six, you get to six points, it's on. You can't, you cannot <laughs> say there's not a title race if it's six points. Yeah. It six will be points a very different. strange uh, ten of events if they manage not. It will be because, because, not it will be because Chelsea have been fantastic this season, and, and they've been solid at the back as well. I think this is the changed their back four in like since the start of the season or something crazy like that. I, well, they've been playing three at the back quite a lot, haven't mm. they? I didn't see. I didn't see who they played at the back. Um, I think they played Kale, Kale, Louise. Louise, was in there. Louise, Louise made, made an error for the first goal, I think. Um, yeah, I can't, I can't remember. I can't remember. He tried to clip the ball out, out to midfield, and he, and he sort of gave it away. It's quite a floated pass. I think mm-hmm. it was him. Anyway, um, we've been te- we've been touted. Chelsea has been titled for for absolute weeks and weeks. I still right. am. And you still, well, you still. Yeah. So what I'm saying is, but if you get to six points. There's, there's no way you can't say it's not a title race. It's okay, six okay, points. Okay, right, yeah. Yeah, it's fine, about as much pressure as you're going to get but let's, in like, that position. You know, let's think hypothetically, though. If, if Chelsea do mess this up and Spurs get in and win the title, what, I mean, what would that mean for Conte? Because Abramovich hates being embarrassed, doesn't he? And there's, always, there's, all, there's been talk of him going to Inter all season and stuff and like, about his family not settling. Could, could, this, like, could this maybe not be the marriage? But to put this of, into context, right? I, I, think, I, I think off the top of my head Juventus are six points clear of Napoli. Yeah. I think they are. It's, it's certainly around there. And when, when they drew one all on the weekend, I looked at the table and I thought, ah, it's still Juventus's. Chelsea is still seven points clear. Yeah. 
I, you know, I don't see them particularly. At the start of the season, would Abramovich have taken second after the season they had last? They wouldn't now. <laughs> they wouldn't now. I know. <laughs> it's but, they did, but the difference in, in but, focus. Um, before it doesn't the start matter of what at the start now. of the season happened. They, they are six points clear, but it's Roma they're clear, or not? Not Napoli. No, no. But I'm saying that it was an, it was a big game away to Napoli. Oh, okay, Napoli right, yeah, third, okay, yeah, you know, yeah. and when I saw that, because yeah. that was a chance for someone like Roma to, to get in ground. Sorry, I should have said. Yeah. Um, but but Spurs did beat Burnley um, two. But actually, no. Before we go, we've got more good news for Crystal Palace. Actually, um, the Charlton fan who tried to punch the Crystal Palace eagle mascot back in 2015 has been found guilty. Oh, the, the, the slow turning wheels of justice. <laughs> <laughs> to be honest, I don't even remember that happening. Yeah, but cross-examining an eagle must take ages. <laughs> yeah. Right, translation, yeah. all that Down sort of yeah. stuff. Yeah. It's taken that long to teach the eagle English. Yeah. You know, so, uh, so there we are. Uh, and now are we and ready the, to? And the Charlton fan probably. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and that's not because he's foreign, no. uh, ladies and gentlemen. Almost um, certainly not. Are we uh, ready to move on to Spurs? I think we are. I think we are because they had a good win away to Burnley, which is obviously not an easy place to go. But if you're a Burnley fan, only five points above the drop zone now. Yeah, it's a danger that people are sort of already, um, and people around this table as well, I might add myself included, sort of gen- generally thinking of Burnley as being safe. I uh, thought that they haven't. They haven't won since the end of January. Yeah, well, that's I, right. I, I, I think so. A while ago, that... for grabs though, isn't it? Behind Middlesbrough and something. You think yeah, so? That's, that's working their face. That's yeah. the problem. I, mean, I, I looked at this today. And Burnley got eight games left. Four of those are away. So there, I mean, there is a legitimate chance they could just get nothing from those games, mm. given the way they play away. One of those away games is Everton. The others are Borough and Palace, which are obviously significant. And then there's Bournemouth in the penultimate game. Then at home, they've got Stoke, Man United, West Brom, and West Ham on the last day. And all of those are a test. They could, mm. they, they could all be. You know they're all dangerous in their own ways. Yeah, I think Burnley. There's could have been a bit of complacency there because they were going pretty well, relatively speaking. But currently, it's literally impossible to lose to Middlesbrough because they don't, <laughs> because they don't actually yeah. score any goals. Yeah. So, so, uh, so you guarantee the point. As there. far as the laws of football, as I understand them, you, you literally cannot lose <laughs> if they don't score. So I think I'll be all right. Watch Middlesbrough play so, at the moment. So, so that'd be that'd be nil nil. Yeah, <laughs> so they'll get a point there. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, if you if you know that result, you've got at least a point. Yeah, that, that, don't that get an own goal, you're fine. That's right. That's right. <laughs> I think um, I think Spurs did really well to to beat Burnley, sort of quietly going about their mm. business. The, I was crunching a few numbers, and, and and I mean, roughly speaking, just to sort of sort of expand this title race thing to to its conclusion. Um, roughly speaking, you need around mid 80s in terms of points total to win the Premier League on average. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, United won it with 80 in 2011. Mm-hmm. Now I understand Chelsea are in the way, and I, I get that, but. Um, the way Spurs are playing at the moment, they've got seven. They got seventy points in total last season. They've got sixty-two at the moment. They can still get eighty-nine points. So I mean, they're, they're hugely they're hugely improving yeah. on last mm. seasons. They're improving season by yeah. season. If Chelsea do slip up, I mean, Spurs are a form team as well. I think they've got the most points out of any Premier League side in two thousand seventeen. So all that stuff adds up. If Chelsea do slip up, it's not outrageous to think that Spurs could take advantage of it, yeah, starting with Swansea away, and then they play Watford at home, and then Bournemouth at home. Yeah, I mean, it's a routine win for Spurs, and that isn't something you used to say about them at all. It shows you, again, sort of how seriously they need to be taken this season. And um, I don't know whether this he's been injured or something, and I'm not sort of... Um privy to that but apparently Sissoko has played 58 minutes of Premier League football this year it's been terrible uh, he has been terrible but I'm, I'm fascinated by it because it looked like Pochettino obviously knew something yeah. <laughs> so it looked like something you know there must be something in Sissoko that everyone else sees that, that we don't from within football but it's just panned out really predictably it's really weird I agree there must be we said this off the back of the Euros didn't he yeah. that he would turn up for France when he's in yeah. the shop when, you know, when Newcastle but, were on the Newcastle, telly and all but that. were Newcastle fans saying 
this is mad. This is crazy money mm. for him. Oh yeah, yeah. It, it was like people were going I'll, for that kind of kind of money. We will carry him. Always, always be, always be wary of of a player who's going for that sort of money. Who, as soon as you think of him, you can't instinctively instinctively think of something he does well. Because mm. well, not, not week in week out, you know. No, but Sissoko's like, not a player who who will dazzle you with skill. He's he's a real kick it past you and leg it after it yeah, type player, fast yeah. runner, that, which doesn't mean hard work. Yeah, no, exactly. So <laughs> it's, it's a lot of uh, a lot of money for that type of plan. It's not worked. It's not worked out so far. But um, the other thing that's working in Spurs' favour is that you know it'd be instinct. You'd instinctively think, oh well, because because Kane's injured, they're, they're going to struggle a bit up front. But actually, they haven't lost a game without Kane this season. They've played seven games without him and they've won four and drawn mm. three. Yeah. No. So every the, the setup there under Pochettino, who I really rate, is is. Um, Everyone comes in and knows their job. And I say that over and over again, but it's, it's absolutely true. He's got it, that it, team well. It isn't just Kane as well. I mean, one of those standout performers last season was Eric Lamella, who, you know, there's talk that because he has a hip injury, he's probably out for the rest of the season. He is, and he yeah. might it's a shame for the last ball for, for Spurs. They might sell him on. They'll, him they'll well. probably get good money from him in the summer as well, which they'll re- reinvest. And it's, it's a real shame for Lamella. I'll listen to you, Jim. <laughs> Sorry. He might not kick a ball again. <laughs> it's a shame for Lamella because he was on for a really big season this yeah. year. Um, mm. But you, as you say, Jim, one of him. one of their best players, some could argue, last season, and, and, and they haven't missed him. And they were without four of their key players uh, not starting against yeah. Burnley as well. And, and Spurs, uh, you know, the, the, the three points for Spurs, they gained three on Chelsea, and of course moved two above Manchester City. And if it's relevant to even say Arsenal now, yeah. <laughs> because they drew two all uh, at the Emirates, it wasn't a brilliant point for either side. Arsenal no. probably be more pleased because they didn't lose the game; they were behind twice. It's absolute chaos up in the. It was a fun. <laughs> yeah, God, yeah. It's chaos. But yeah, you, that, it's completely discounting anything happening on the pitch. Which is fast, yeah. chaotic. They suspended all the public transport there. <laughs> it's mad. They you were, can't go in. Yeah. It's a war zone. But they were, in, and in the stands it was as well, because they were, they were having a bit of a punch up. Yeah, was of, that you? It wasn't me. All oh, right, I can't admit to that. I, no, it wasn't me. Pretty suspect <laughs> fighting guys. He doesn't, yeah, go, he doesn't go to games. Yeah, <laughs> yeah but that's what, when he does. Yeah. Yeah. That's fighting. why they were fighting. Where's Jim? <laughs> not here again. Where's the voice of reason? <laughs> yeah. Where's the centrist vega opinion? Um, Alan Shearer was scathing towards Arsenal yet again I mean I know he often is but you can understand because the amount of sloppy errors Arsenal oh, absolutely it's it characterised our play this season something I noticed particularly in the City game but has been a problem particularly when Arsenal have that sort of headless chicken feel about them which they, they did against City and it's very much contributed particularly to the second goal but the general sort of vibe of chaos that was you know permeating the match really was um, the way certain Arsenal players press is to just sprint as quickly as you can at a player with the ball from miles away so they've got absolutely ages to see what you're trying to do and just skip round you <laughs> and, they and then they just stop Xhaka in particular is a great part of that yeah, they shout I'm coming as well or something. they might do yeah. or do they shout Kabaddi 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 <laughs> Arsenal 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 Xhaka is the worst example of a midfield player making decisions on when and when not to tackle I've ever seen <laughs> he, he sort of sits down to tackle it's, yeah. a, it's a Paul Scholes he, whenever he sees like a midfield player on the halfway line with the ball going almost ambling slowly towards the touchline, he thinks that's a bit of me, that. I'm going through the back of that guy. Yep. Yeah. It's important I tackle him. Though. I think 30 the million. I am 30 million. 35, what 30 million looks like. Earlier in the season, Wenger said that you know he needs to improve his tackling, but um, it's, it's not one of his strengths. And um, I don't know if Xhaka was actually brought in to be the holding midfielder. It's assumed he was, based on... you know. 
based on the better aspects of his game, because his, his range of passing is, is pretty good, I, I think probably not. But for the for the City second goal, Arsenal switched off criminally. I mean, Ozil, Ozil gave the ball away twice and then just didn't track back enough. But but as Alan Shearer pointed out on Match of the Day, correctly, Xhaka is just an absolute passenger in that. And mm. they're, just, they're not fighting hard enough. They look dispirited and they just don't look confident enough to, I guess, to focus on the game enough. And I mean, it was, a, it was actually a very good game, wasn't it, yeah, from yeah. a neutral point of view, because yeah. it was quite chaotic. And City as well seemed to just sort of run out of steam a bit after Arsenal got back into it and had a little bit, a little period where they sort of, I don't know, didn't sort of, didn't force home their sort of... Um, Superiority. Well, absolutely. Exactly that. So uh, it was a good point in the context of that, but it doesn't Shearer, really help either team. Shearer did that classic pundit thing for Mustafi's goal when he blamed zonal marking for Mustafi yeah. to score. And I thought, I just, I get so fed up with that. It's so lazy because the amount of, t- like, they never blame man marking like, if someone loses their marker. Absolutely. It's when they blame it's the players blame. F- like a goal going in if they don't stand on the post and they stand in the middle, where most goals don't kind of nestle in the corner anyway. You yeah. Get, you I, get more chances. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I thought it was a strange game. To me, it didn't seem like any team, either team were really going working hard to win it. Well, no. just both, both defences just went, have a go if you want. It, and it, yeah. going, no, I don't want to. started very attacking he took an attack, picked an attack and lineup, but their sort of mentality, both teams' mentality towards the last sort of twenty minutes or so. Mm. Um, it's a Premier League game in April. I mean, we're used to seeing teams mm. going for things, um, and you know they both just seem quite content with the draw. It was the battle it, of it, who it, could it, care less. It, it was quite. <laughs> and and with um, going back to the Jacker thing, he's got like ten yellow cards this season. Given given that Arsenal always have the ball. It's quite an achievement now. <laughs> you normally, normally the top the top players for yellow cards are down the bottom of the table because mm. they're you know, you, players like Lee, I, I presume players like Lee Catamol and and one or two others down the bottom who really want to win the ball back at all costs and stop the other team committing them to yet another defeat. But Xhaka seems to better wreck him up. He's like a walking yellow it's, card. It's, isn't it? it's more, it's, I, I just got annoyed a little bit about Wenger sort of going. I thought it was a great character. That was it was a really important um, point. It was a really important fight back. And I was like, well, don't let him score in the first few minutes. Oh, that's rich coming for you, Don. Yeah. <laughs> it's a bit late after the game, isn't it? Pete, <laughs> what, what, what we talked about last week was what came to pass. Really, it was it was clearly that um, the Arsenal benefited from the international break. I mean, they were able to yeah. compete. They went behind early on. They were able to battle back. They seemed to be able to reset themselves. I thought, um, well, I always see Yaya Torre just letting the midfield players just run past him all the time, mm-hmm. over and over again. That seemed to happen quite a lot. So Man City aren't without without their problems as well. But overall, yeah, I was I was I was surprised that neither team really went after it to try and win it because mm-hmm. at this stage of the season, given the context of the table. I'm not sure Man City can really afford a, can afford a point anyway. Yeah. And Arsenal clearly need need to win. So yeah, I think Ar- Arsenal's probably comes from a lack of confidence. But I was also surprised by by that sort of attitude from City. I mean, it's not like they weren't weren't trying to win later, but I think they could have pushed the issue a little bit more. Um, Wenger said a very interesting thing, which was that he said recently Pep Guardiola had said that um, finishing fourth is like a trophy. Wow. That's an interesting way of saying it again, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't. No, he mostly just said it and went, oh, it wasn't me. It was um, it's, uh, Pep, Pep Guardiola, yeah, the first person he looked yeah. at. He's like, I've won, they, I've won Champions they League. They might not even get it. <laughs> That's the thing. I was well, about to say, yeah, mm. finishing fifth will be an achievement for us. Yeah, um, another so. interesting thing Wenger said was that uh, in the week is that retirement is death. And I've, I've actually, I've wondered about this before because do you remember Alex Ferguson said before he retired that when his dad retired, he died shortly afterwards. So he was sort of, he was almost scared of giving up work. Yeah. And I think Wenger's clearly this sort of similar character in terms of his drive and his work ethic. And I wonder if like, he's basically fleeing death by just staying in the job <laughs> for as long as he can. I thought that when he said a number of weeks ago that he would definitely manage next season, no matter where it was. Yeah. I thought that when he said that, I thought he maybe he's a little bit scared of, of kicking his heels a bit. 
um, because he, it was a strange thing to say because it, it, it was almost like it wasn't reassuring Arsenal fans that it, who wanted him to stay that he was going to stay. It was a very personal. Yeah, and it thing. was, and it wasn't, um, it wasn't really reassuring anyone. Oh, what's so you going to? If you are, if you do leave Arsenal, which is what we want, um, you're going to go to another club and you're settled in London. So what does that mean? Do you know what I mean? That yeah, was a bit, yeah. I just thought it was a very odd thing to say. Yeah, very much so. Uh, more Premier League chat after this. Hi, I'm Frank Lovoff. You're listening to the Football Ramble. Foot, football Ramble. Welcome back to the Football Ramble, everybody. Before we talk about the Merseyside Derby, it's time for emails with Pete Donaldson. Yes, I've got my computer out, and here are some emails. Ben Moore, a relation, Luke? Possibly a brother that I don't know. Ah, brother no. from an Can you dissimilar. Give some more information? <laughs> Following on from last week's email on the Chelsea training ground story of Ray Wilkins, when I was playing football at university in 98, Chelsea used to train at Harlington near Heathrow on the university pitches, and we shared changing rooms and canteens as well. Uh, normally. 90, surely? Was that the 90s? Yeah, 90s. That always happened in the 90s. Newcastle were the same, mm, weren't they? Yeah. That's like, the golden age, that. <laughs> <laughs> it was. Yeah. Right, was it David Ginola? Sort of looked over and went, who is that new player? Yeah. Andrew Connor, such a university student. <laughs> yeah. uh, normally they're more morning training was done before we arrived however for some reason the Chelsea first team was still milling around before one of our games on a Wednesday afternoon I went for a cheeky pre-match wee uh, turned around and saw a grinning Mark Bosnich with an Aussie twang he looked down and said nice cock mate and then duly left the bathroom <laughs> true story I genuinely thought you were going to say because I'll borrow that urine sample <laughs> <laughs> Fill this carrier bag up, will you mind? Yeah. Uh, Alex and Preston says uh, <laughs> it's a robust comparison, I must say. Uh, not implementing officiating technology in football because you can't implement it at the lower levels is like finding a cure to cancer, but not administering it to anyone because you can't use it on the Welsh. Well, it's not, is it? <laughs> no, it really no. isn't, Alex. Well, how'd that get in? What's his, what's his name? Because I thought it was rather robust. You know how it got in. Yeah, yeah. sitting opposite Yeah, yeah. yeah. Don't, let it, don't let him email again, please. <laughs> uh, hello again. Uh, this is from Jake Street. Uh, and back to yet more mascot talk. The last mascot I brought to your attention was Ron Corn of Ron Corn FC, which yeah, I think we yeah, all yeah. enjoy oh, very popular one. Ron Corn. Yeah, yeah, yeah. uh, this time I'm bringing you uh, Mosley FC's <laughs> Marv the LED light. <laughs> <laughs> nice. what? You want to check him out? He doesn't, oh, wow. he doesn't even look light. particular. He looks just looks like a, a, like a chimney. Yeah, yeah. Or like a big sort of you know energy saving light bulb. He looks like a cigarette. Let's make yeah, it very it looks clear. Yeah, like a vape. Yeah. Why on um, earth is he an LED light? Well, I'm about what's to explain. It, what's his name, Pete? Uh, Marv the LED light. I have no idea why they're known. I have no idea why, as they're known as the Lily Whites, and they're not sponsored by any lighting company. So I have no clue as to why they have an LED as their mascot. Wow, and he wants Locked us to LED say hello. lights are white. Football and he wants mystery. to say hello. So he wants to explain it, Jim, but he, he cut you off to say he's going to explain it, and he explained it, so no one knows why. Yeah, no one knows why. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> he let us say hello to his friend Mitchell Barron, who's a big Don't let him do listener. that. Yeah, no. I will let him do that because he provided some jokes. Yeah. Right. He provided an is, LED light. This is, the, this is the author of Ron Corn, mate. Yeah, Fair enough. He's exactly. worthy of respect. How about this? Uh, anonymous email. Hi, guys. If you read this out, I, I want to remain anonymous because I'm not supposed to share this kind of anecdote. After she- hearing about uh, Sean Wright Phillips' eccentric shopping habits this week, I was reminded of my time working in HMV in a certain London department store. It's going to be one of the big ones, isn't it? Really? Yeah. <laughs> Go on with the yellow carry bags, well, I imagine. You can name HMV, but you can't name the department store. Yeah, it'd be like a micro kind of thing. Yeah, okay. It's, it's Selfridges. It's Selfridges. It? Yeah, yeah. Probably. Um, it was commonplace for footballers, predominantly Chelsea ones, to shop in the store on their days off. Could be Harrods, I guess. Uh, invariably yeah. with their aid of their personal shopper. During his time at Chelsea, um, SWP was one of those who would frequent the store to buy eye-watering amounts of Xbox games and DVDs. Nothing strange about that, particularly for a player with as much time on his hands as he would have had at the time. <laughs> That's a dig, about, isn't it? I can't believe we're talking about Sean Wright Phillips because we were talking about him earlier in the yeah. show. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> 
So dig at you, dancer. I, I just, they just, like, just fell off me, to be honest. What off his back, mate. Uh, however, it was when he transferred back up north to Manchester City when SWP's strange behaviour kicked in. Rather than simply shopping at a Manchester HMV or even ordering his goods online, perhaps, Sean was such a loyal customer that he would instead insist on the personal shopping department sending a driver to do the eight-hour round trip to Manchester with whatever consoles, games and films took his fancy. What the hell? The store was happy to <laughs> that's offer this... loyalty, that's idiocy. This yeah. store was happy to offer this service, but it came at the premium of £400 a trip. And people say footballers have more money than do, sense. Um, do why do you need a personal shopper in HMV? <laughs> Surely that's just that for up? clothes and things like that. It's like when you see when you oh, used to see Michael. See, they definitely fit. <laughs> yeah, they all fit. They're all the same. When you went to see uh, Michael Jackson, sort of go shopping, he just point the stuff. Go, why that, please? Yeah, and someone yeah. would like write it and down. And he would do it when the shop was closed. Yeah, they? they would open it especially for him. Um, I got a couple of points to make on that. One is, do you remember when Robbie Savage got got went crazy because someone called in and said they saw him buying ten pairs of white oh, trainers yeah. from a shop, and he went mental. He went so crazy, but it. it was obviously true. <laughs> and the second thing is, uh, I don't even have ten legs. <laughs> <laughs> Twenty legs, make his pairs. Right. Um, Sean, Sean Wright Savage. Yeah. <laughs> Sean Wright Phillips is is arguably the author of the worst fact in football history, which is that Sean Wright Phillips has more England caps than his daddy and Wright. And if you compare the relative abilities oh, of the two players, that's, 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 that is yeah, criminal. That's, yeah. yeah. But then, if you, I, I mean, it is. But obviously, the strikers that were around don't defend it. No, I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> not um, do you want one final one? <laughs> yes, yes. Ben yes. Cattell in Spain. Uh, basically, I've been spending my time. Uh, I, I moved to Spain a year ago, and since learning the language, I uh, have realised what many um, footballers' names mean when they're literally translated into English from their own languages. Uh, uh, off. I can speak Spanish now. Mm, all right. Yeah. Yeah. That's pretty much. Go ahead. Ferdinand Towers. Oh, we've got to tell you what it is in Spanish. Fernando Loriente? Loriente? Lorente. Lorente. Fernando... Sorry. Ferdinand Towers. Is it Fernando Morientes? No. Is it is it Lorente? Ferdinand Towers. Yeah, keep, you can keep saying it. Yeah, we Striker, don't Striker, Atletico we... Madrid. Well, Fernando Torres. Fernando Torres. Torres, oh, of course. Yeah. Of course, yeah. Torres. Yeah. yeah, come on now. Uh, yeah. Joseph Queen. <laughs> He's a uh, goalkeeper. Yeah, Reina. Pepe, Pepe Reina. Reina. Yeah, Joseph okay. Queen. Oh, yeah, good one. Uh, John Kills. John Matter. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Igor Boxers. Goalkeeper. Igor or Ego? It would be Igor, would it? Igor Casillas. Is that a name? Casillas? Casillas. Yeah. Thank you, Casillas. Oh, Robert Soldier. A Robert Soldier. Yeah, correct. And John Sunrise, finally. John Sunrise? Jordan Sunrise. Oh, Jordan Sunrise. Jordi Alba? Jordi Alba. Lovely. Yes. Wow. That's a great name, isn't it? Yeah. Sunrise. Sir Jordan Sunrise. I'd Thank love you. that. Thanks, great. Ben. That was great news. Yeah, good. Thanks, Thanks, yeah, we, I mean, we're all big fans of Tony the Christmas. But I think yeah. we've overlooked Spain. Yeah. In the <laughs> Tony the Christmas. Yeah. <laughs> the, the, the Netherlands is always a good one. Frank the Farmer. Frank yeah. the Ball. <laughs> yeah. Which is a and the one. famous one, Bastion's <laughs> Forest Dog, isn't it? Uh, pig, pig Climber, isn't it? Pig Climber, isn't it? Yeah, I think it's something like that, yeah. Beautiful. Yeah, there we go. Uh, are we ready to talk about Liverpool 3, Everton 1? Yeah, we are. Yes. Thanks for that email section, Dawson. That was excellent. Yeah, well done, you, you see, you can do it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the Reds <laughs> were better time. than the Toffees, weren't they? They were. They really, really were. This again shows you how good Liverpool are in these these games against the, the, the sides further up the table. Um, Everton still without a win at Anfield since 1999 and haven't beaten this Liverpool century. since... Yeah, and haven't beaten Liverpool since 2010. Um, Jimmy Carragher, Luke's mate, wrote in um, his column that Everton need to overcome their mental block, otherwise they'll continue to struggle to win a trophy or even finished in the top four. And he, he does make a good point. I mean, it's... It is a funny one for these sides, and that's why Pochettino's work at Spurs is so good, because Spurs will probably finish above Arsenal this season, and they are going very, very well indeed. And 
Koeman, you can see, is trying to get that at yeah. Everton. Whether he sticks around long enough got, uh, to do the job. He's got a good opportunity next time up because they're playing Manchester United at Old Trafford, aren't they? And I think United draw an awful lot of games mm. at home this season. So yeah. Everton could So they're possibly... guaranteed at least a point. Yeah, they, they, could, <laughs> well, they, could, they could use this as an opportunity to push through that because... I haven't got the, all the stats in front of me, but Everton's home record is far better than their away one, for instance. Their record against Liverpool speaks for itself. Um, but who better, really, than to have someone like Koeman, who's been there and done it all, mm. really, to, to give them the, the tools they perhaps need? I mean, Koeman's still relatively uh, short in the tooth for a manager anyway, so he'll be learning as well. But no, I, I agree with Carragher. I think he's right. I mean, there's good times, you would think, to have at Everton if Koeman can stay and if he doesn't stay. The thing is, with a manager like Koeman, when a manager like that comes along, he tries to bring that club up to another level. Yeah. And what the, the, the key to the club, for that club then, therefore, going forward, is if Koeman leaves, which I think most people think he may leave this summer, he may leave in a year or two's time. I don't think he's going to be there for four mm. or five seasons. They have a history of underinvestment, that club, and that's a problem for many um, ambitious managers, I think. Yeah, but more recently they've started to spend. Mm. Historically, yeah. they were really struggling, I think, for cash, weren't they? But they want to start doing, really, what Southampton are kind of doing, you know, because obviously they lost Koeman and they've lost one or two managers, but they... Puel hasn't done as well as Koeman has, but they, they've still got a good vibe at the club. They, they, they always, I mean, it's 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 the modern ways that putting putting something in place that you can yeah. bring a new manager through. And if you look at what Koeman's doing with the young players at yeah. Everton, yeah. I mean, they're they're achieving. I mean, on on the grand scheme of things, they haven't achieved anything because they're not going to win anything this season. But I mean, a sixth place or seventh place finish maybe with the players that he's he's introduced as well. I mean, the players that started mm-hmm. against Liverpool in that derby, okay, they lost the game, but Calvert Lewin, Pennington, Holgate. Um, Davis Barkley's still you, you pretty young argue, Barkley. and on the bench uh, Lookman and, and uh, John Joe Kenny nice to have another John Joe yeah. yeah are they not already at the ceiling of what they can realistically expect well, Everton yeah at the well, moment Leicester won the league that's the thing it's changed the game is not it yes. it's changed the whole thing but that's what I mean by Koeman drag them up to that uh, that sort of next level and then try and and find your feet there, and and just mm. keep on improving because and you know they've use got that as your baseline rather yeah, than your ambition. Exactly, yeah. Jim. That's what I'm saying here. And um, I was just, just going to say, and, and someone who isn't a young Evertonian player who sounds like he might be, young Jack Kay. Won oh, yeah. some uh, money for Prostate Cancer UK. It was yeah. better the week on Thursday as well oh, because yeah. he had Liverpool to win Nailed and both it. teams to score. So he's still in the hot seat for this Thursday as well. God, he's, he's equal in the record. He is. First he's time Ronald Koeman's really bringing him on as well. <laughs> <laughs> what an improvement we see in the young lad K. Getting with- <laughs> Uh, but but Liverpool though they, they did a great job on Lukaku they really did well they trebled up on him didn't they yeah. um, I mean Lucas was pretty much man marking him but Matip and, uh, and Lovren did a, did a great job in marshalling him as well and he did um, I know he didn't get a lot of service but I think you know as a striker even in a game like that especially if you're a top striker you have a responsibility to find space and he struggled to do that mm-hmm. I mean you know they ended he, up just clipping balls up to him didn't yeah, they yeah, I mean, you know, what can you do with that with three yeah. men around him well that's yeah. where you need someone like Barkley to come into his own help out your man who's up top he, he must turn into like an ersatz Charlie Adam I thought Liverpool did particularly well in the face of some fairly harsh treatment from almost every Evertonian player I'd like to see Barkley's um, touches of the ball compared to his touches of Liverpool players shins (laughs) because he was quite um, he was lucky he was very lucky that really reminded me of what you said Pete last week when you're talking about players who look to protect themselves with challenges Mm. because because I don't don't think you actually said this but I knew what you meant is when because the players football boots now are so light and thin they don't feel like they want to go in with the top of their foot and that's what seen a lot more metatarsal injuries over the years we talked about that and I'd be very interested to see how what the cor- correlation would be between these big studs up tackles and these new boots that are coming in because for me it's absolutely the reason they're doing it um, and Barkley was guilty of that but there was a fantastic bit when uh, Tom Davis um, put a huge challenge in and um, 
and Martin Keown, match of the day. I mean, Keown's a bit of a bit, I mean, a bit specialist, isn't he? I mean, some of the stuff he comes out of is, out, is amazing. And he was a very naughty defender. And he was. But Davis <laughs> said, um, when Tom Davis, um, he, I can't remember who the foul tackle was on, but he actually ended up taking out his own player as well. Yeah. You guys probably remember the tackle. I remember the one. Yeah, and Martin Keown said, said I, I took the, I took the uh, liberty of, of writing this down, exactly what he said. Keown, he says, Tom Davis, he's a young lad, he's got to be careful. It's a bone-shattering challenge, and he even takes his own teammate out afterwards, and that's what we want to see. <laughs> <laughs> it's what he wants to say. I was thinking, is it Martin, you <laughs> maniac? You want players to take out their own their own teammates when they with, tackle with bone shattering <laughs> challenges. How do you win so many things by doing exactly that? Yeah, yeah. dear me, you can yeah. imagine him walking down the road. You know, yeah. there's a flipping carpet factory on fire. That's what we want to see. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> just just chucking rocks at it. Yeah, a, a bird jobbies <laughs> on an old woman's head. That's what we want to see. <laughs> a bird jobbies on an old woman's head. <laughs> yeah. things, things we want to see with Martin Keogh. <laughs> <laughs> if you don't make it Sky will Martin <laughs> Keown was speaking to Marcus Speller yeah. I mean to be fair it wasn't uh, Marcus's last kind of conjure up image something involving like an orphanage last time yeah, that's right so, yeah. that was he's improved now. he's got better I think so, so, so. Yeah. so far to an orphanage or something like yeah. that so taking a baseball bat to an orphanage wasn't it yeah, something that's like that right, yes. yeah. <laughs> um, you know, I'm only speaking from experience the Barkley challenge was, it, was, it was a challenge on Lovren wasn't it and he was very lucky not to be on the yellow already mm. and the second one on Lovren which he got a yellow four probably could have been a red mm, yeah, um, right. it was a fiercely contested game of course, it, and it always I mean, is. Liverpool were really trying to win, and, and Everton the, were really trying to foul. Poor goalkeeper for the third, I thought, even though it was a decent strike. Yeah. But um, talking about Koeman trying to get Everton to that next level, can Klopp do that for Liverpool? Because look at the results Liverpool have got against the bigger sides in the league. It is their their performances in, against the smaller sides that have let them down. Oh, in the first. I don't know, four or five months, whatever it was of the season, there was talk of their title yeah. um, down on uh, those Liverpool alleyways. But if if Koeman can consolidate this season, finish in the top four, which means they could attract... Klopp? Sorry, Klopp, sorry, I'm getting confused. If Klopp can do that, then surely next season, because Klopp will stay, surely next season Liverpool have got to think, right, come on. I think they will. I, I, I said this sort of partly in just a number of weeks ago. I talked about all the problems Liverpool have had with the players they've had out and, the, and the, the lack of depth in their bench and all this other stuff. And if you look at the bench most weeks for Liverpool, it's not very good. I mean, I appreciate Origi came on and scored and, and whatever, but they've had terrible injuries. They've got a fairly paper-thin squad, I would say. Um, and they're still doing well. I mean, they're yeah. still. I mean, it's it's not unthinkable, but I think it's fairly likely they're going to finish in the top four. Oh now. yeah, you would think so. I mean, they had that nightmare January as well. And part mm. of being a top level manager is is getting your teams to bounce back from that. And he's done that very very well. They, they you know they they look really really good again and really confident. Mm. I, I look at Klopp, and it's only my you know, my anecdotal opinion. But I look at Klopp, and I think the same. Way I look at Pochettino. I know he knows what he's doing. He that, that manager knows what he's doing. Yeah. And I don't think you can always say that about all managers, even at the top level. Um, I wouldn't even say you could say that about. Well, you, I don't think you could say that about Wenger at the moment. Occasionally, I don't even think you could say that about Mourinho. Maybe I was going to say maybe Mourinho. Yeah, so, so I think Klopp is quite singular in his vision. Um, and I, I wouldn't be a surprise at all to see them improve in the summer and Mourinho, next season. Mourinho's record is very similar to Van Hal's at the moment for Manchester yeah, United, right. which, is, uh, which is an interesting one. But he's, oh, he was a miserable sod but, again. In the, but, anyway, it, let's not... Lots of thought, different incidents as well. Yeah. On, on the Liverpool game, I thought, uh, just going back to that, I yeah. thought Coutinho was, was man of the match. Well, he was oh. fantastic. His run for the first mm-hmm. goal to take the, pack, the defense away was amazing. The he second did, goal was lovely. And yeah, you just saw, you see, and it's obviously easier said than done, but when he ran forward and he was just wanting to put it onto his right and curl a lovely one at the corner, you're like to the defender, don't put him on his right. I don't, well, they had a warning because yeah. I think at one nil or perhaps one all. Um, I think no, I think one one nil. Coutinho tried exactly the same mm-hmm. thing and it didn't quite come off for him. But then just same thing again. This yeah. time it did. You, you know, you got to be better than that. If he's tried it once 
True. Yeah, he no, should know what he's going to do. But, but it's hard, though. I mean, oh, yeah, we, we say, you say it when you watch like, Arian Robin. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's very, very yeah, difficult. Of course, of course. Yeah. Um, moving on. Um, oh, so, well, before you do move oh, on, yeah. I was just going to say another thing is Mane is going to be out injured. He's, he got quite, quite a bad injury. That was nasty, yeah. yeah so, and, and he's probably as close as irreplaceable as they can get. Mm. Um, and, and am I right in saying that the, the sticky patch they had uh, in January was when Martin was away yeah, it was and I think he, he informs the whole yeah. team he's got a real sort of desire a bit of a nastiness about him actually a really competitive edge and yeah. I think they really missed that so that's, that's a big blow for them we were surprised yeah. about his price tag weren't we and then you think well, he's, he's justified, his, yeah. his goal was similar to Zaha's wasn't it and there was an absolute yeah, yeah. forest of players to get through very yeah. much so yeah at the bottom of the table Swansea drew nil-nil with Middlesbrough it's probably a better point for the Swans than, than Middlesbrough who are very much in trouble but Rudy yes. Gestead at the end yeah. Peter Donaldson he should have won it should he not by that time I had taken <laughs> tablets <laughs> it was the dullest football match. I thought I thought Swansea pushed and pushed. It was like the Alamo there. Yeah. Did, you, did you see that? You're um, really angry. Should we made the point that everyone died at the Alamo. Yeah, so, this so it's is not a great historical no, story. For that. Um, <laughs> but um, Gestapo should have been sent off anyway. It was, yeah. that was outrageous. But mm. By the way, what the miss was that bad? Isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Well, that's enough. Yeah, you, you're an idiot. You're, you're a disgrace. Yeah, ungentlemanly conduct to your teammates. At what point does a miss become ungentlemanly conduct? <laughs> you know, Rudy Gestell has played uh, 39 Premier League games now. Do you know how many times he's been on the winning side? Uh, once. The answer is zero. Wow! No, did he? Did Aston Villa zero. not beat Bournemouth? Zero. That was, uh, that was a late. Or oh, maybe didn't he draw, start? He, he didn't on. start that game. Right. Okay. Thing, right. Yeah, wow. that's that's the, that's what I read from our, our good friends over Opta. So I mean, he doesn't look like a player that can really consistently cut it at the top level, does he? Just steady. Well, it's a he's archetypal it... championship player. Yeah, weirdly. and it's funny, isn't it? When players who do really well in the championship, they just can't quite cut the mustard in the, in the Premier League. I don't worry about them though. It's like kind of they they still make the same amount of money as a lower lower kind of echelon um, Premier League team. So like financially, mm-hmm. I, I think you can still. Yeah, comfortably live as a championship player and not. Yeah, I mean, I'm not too sympathetic. <laughs> yeah. Chin up Middlesbrough fans. Is yeah, the I think there. so. Yeah. Is that right? Um, Hull City, they beat West Ham 2 1. A big win, Silver, uh, with another home win, which keeps Hull's survival hopes alive. They're just one point behind the Swans. We were talking about Clement doing the business for Swansea, and obviously he has had um, a positive effect on, on the club, but only one point. Yeah, they've slid back into it. That was, they, that was kind of must win, really, wasn't it? Palace's result obviously makes that a bit um, stickier. For uh, uh, for Swansea, as you say, but yeah, I mean, a whole like that home form is is going to be so key. Mm. And as, as Pete said earlier, I think it's going to be Middlesbrough and Sunderland probably definitely on the way down, and, and one other. But yeah. it's, it's very hard to predict predict who that's going to be now. It's suddenly got quite interesting. Do, really... do you know what? I've got a list here of, of things that have happened since Hull City, since Marco Silva last lost a home league game as a manager. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just over three years since he lost a home Not league even game with as a uh, no, not even a home that league manager. Yeah. Uh, Luis Suarez bit Giorgio Chiellini. Wow. Uh, the ice bucket challenge happened. <laughs> <laughs> Scotland voted no in the independence referendum. Yeah. Wow. Scientists landed a probe on a comet. Mm-hmm. And Queen Elizabeth II became the longest reigning monarch, beating the record held by Queen Victoria. They've all happened since Marco Silva last lost a home league game as a manager. Flipping wow. Some record. Well, did he have something to do with all of those? By the way, as a reminder, he's managing Hull City. Yeah. Yeah, crazy. He had <laughs> Not nothing that to do with time. I don't think he had anything to do. He might have had something to do with the comet. I don't think he had anything to do with anything else. I don't wasn't... think Billich is going to be charging West Ham much longer. <laughs> no, well, he's had that. the vote of confidence, hasn't yeah. he? Which um, they yeah. do that all the time. The kiss of death, Jim. The kiss of death. But it really is, isn't it? I mean, it's, it's hard to think of a vote of confidence that's actually ended with them having confidence in the manager. The stadium's at three. Before we move on to Leicester, I, j- I just thought the, th- the three goals in that game were delightful. Yeah, um, Carroll with a nice finish. Nice to see Carroll um, bringing it down and, and, and side-footing one home quite nicely. He's a classic he, player at times. 
Yeah, he probably had far too much time though, didn't he, Peter? Yeah. <laughs> far too much time. Um, and then uh, Robertson's goal was a delightful build-up. Yeah. He's drawn a lot of praise from Hull City fans this season, um, Andy Robertson. And uh, yeah, it's good to see him get that goal. He yeah. looked absolutely delighted. And we'll knock it with a classic glancing header from the mm. corner. Just to give you a little round-up in case you missed those goals well, and I, you I, needed inspiring to see them. I would just like to point out that if Bilic does get the sack, Julian Dix could take over. Because he's, you know, he's in the staff there, isn't he? I know part of the problem is apparently the board want Bilic to change something his staff so who knows maybe that's him but Julian Dix managing West Ham that'd be glorious <laughs> I get the impression that like uh, Sullivan and Gold just want to find any reason they can to try and move managers on yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> it's weird because I, I mean it's a bit unsavory given it wasn't that long ago that Bilic was a club legend in quotes mm, and the saviour yeah. of the club mm. and, and has overseen this transition to the new stadium all this yeah. other stuff and had a good season last season and it's a little bit distasteful okay season now with the pie situation and obviously the teething problems they have with the stadium as well so I think he, you know, I think he deserves he handled, that, he handled that really well yeah, I, I think Four losses in a row. Uh, I was going to say, they're not that far off the relegation zone, but you, I wouldn't have thought they'd go down. But you're right, sometimes when you look at those owners, you think they want too much success too quickly. They're now in the big stadium and they think, oh, we've had a great season last year, let's now finish higher. Yeah. And they see a club like Everton, for example, kicking on and uh, and perhaps just lose a bit of perspective. You know, mm. yeah, no, bit, bit, bit of sure. um, Leicester, I wasn't going to put this in the running order and then I saw the two goals and I Fantastic thought, oh, it's got to go in. Fantastic. <laughs> yeah, both are brilliant. They're so pleasing. Indeed, he's got was an absolute beauty. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, think absolute I, I think I like Vardy's better. Oh, Vardy's just, good, yeah. just, it was just really satisfying. Yeah. But the only, the only thing that sort of took the shine off that for me was that Glenn Johnson was absolutely sleeping for yeah. that goal. Yeah. <laughs> Vardy just stole a march from him. But Glenn well. Johnson knew what he'd done as well. <laughs> God. Vardy's just Dennis the Menace, isn't yeah. he? I love it. <laughs> I, I, partly, I partly feel sorry for Glenn Johnson because he was probably couldn't work out whether Vardy was still good or not. Yeah, so I yeah. don't to worry about. Oh no, I'll do it again. Damn, oh, can he not wear a hat or something <laughs> to know what he's in, yeah. in the mood on that? Yeah. I love the plane as well. It just said happy birthday. Yeah, could that, be for anyone that because the um, the chair the tie owner's name is so long. <laughs> Someone made, 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 a, made a joke about a match of the day. How much it would have cost to get the whole name in there? You didn't need another plane. Get another, another plane up there. Then I was thinking, why do they charge per letter on those things? Surely you, the main yeah. core cost is the, the plane itself. Yeah, well, I guess you've got, sure you've got to well. make the thing. I suppose there's a limit because they have like letters they just put on like strings, don't they? And the plane, as we've discussed it length before, it swoops down and picks it up. Oh, was that, but, I didn't know that. Yeah, they don't take off with it. Oh, they what? come down, they swoop got, and pick it up. Oh, that's amazing. What? Yeah. Huh. That's pretty. I've literally right? said this on the podcast. I don't listen to anything you say. <laughs> I was about to say, Peter. <laughs> Wonderful stuff. Are you confusing that with a video game? Yeah. <laughs> like a power Grand up. Grand Theft Auto. Um, yeah. Craig Shakespeare, the first British manager ever to win his first four Premier League games. And it's, I, I also feel a bit sorry for him because I think everyone thinks that he's not doing anything. Yeah. <laughs> he's, he's just, he's just sort, of a, a sort of a nice custodian. Right? You carry on just doing what you're doing. Yeah. Like a supply teacher or something. But yeah. he must be. I don't know. Yeah, it's strange that Ranieri leaves and then is it Shakespeare? You know, was it his ideas last year? Well, Ranieri's on uh, Monday Night Football next week, I think. So um, he's going to unleash his first exclusive. Gonna... He won't know, will he? Because no, he'll just be like, oh, don't worry about it. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, we're going to talk about uh, ooh, the Championship in League Two after this. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. A lot of us spend our lives wishing we had more time. The question is, time for what? If I had an extra hour in the day, I might catch up on the latest football news, take a lovely walk with my dog Sammy, or maybe interview someone using an orange peel and a broken iPhone. You know, normal journalism stuff. But it's not always easy to prioritise our time, and that's where therapy can be an extra helping hand. Therapy can help you find what matters to you so you can do more of it. Untangle any unneeded worries and start to value your time for you. 
So if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Ramble today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Ramble. Hi, I'm Limboy Primus, and you're listening to the Football Ramble. And you're listening to the Football Ramble. Welcome back to the Football Ramble, everybody. Do not forget the preview show sponsored by Bet365 is out on Friday. Our man in the chair is still there because he got his bet right with uh, with Liverpool, as we said earlier. Jack Kay's gunning to be the first ever to win two bets in a row for Prostate Cancer UK. So Everybody we'll, get behind him. We'll look forward to seeing what his email, uh, his next bet of the week is, uh, yeah. with, with bated breath. Very much so. Um, uh, let's go quickly to the Championship. Sheffield Wednesday drew at Barnsley. The big story in this was, of course, Sam Winnell scoring for Wednesday against his old club and a fan throwing a stuffed pepper Pig cuddly toy at him. Yeah, mm. I tried to any particular reason for well, that? I, I heard there was a lot. pig. I couldn't find it. It. Yeah, I, I heard that there was a pig thrown on the pitch, and I thought, oh, that's interesting. Yeah. <laughs> and I was a bit disappointed. Yeah. <laughs> no, I was a bit disappointed. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Did, you, did you see the goal, though? It was an absolutely yeah. very enjoyable howler from the Barnsley goalkeeper. He tried to <laughs> sort of shepherd it out for a, for a goal kick, but knew yeah, it did that's not right. work. Um, Rotherham are relegated. It, that won't come as real news to anybody. I mean, yet. to the point of when no one's actually even noticed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I thought they already were. I'll, I'll see myself out then, yeah? Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah fine. Yeah, oh, we fine. thought you were already gone. Are you still here? Yeah. Do you never try to catch? Yeah. Take the, the rest the, of the, the season off. They're 24 points in the uh, in the muck with only uh, <laughs> 21 points left to play for. And I, if you don't mind me saying, if you don't mind me saying, even if you gave her an extra game, it'd be very unlikely they'd win a late game. Very unlikely. Given they picked up stinker. one point in their last 10 games. 17 points, minus 55 goal difference. Blimey, O'Reilly. Mm. Um, it's looking very bleak for Wigan too. Seven points from safety. It'll take eight if you eight points if you take the goal yeah, difference. Rotherham, I mean, no, Rotherham's plight is obvious, and I don't mean to make light of it, but I support a team who's had I was far say, worse. You don't worry, you're, you're fine. Rotherham have conceded 88 goals this season. <laughs> That is a lot of goals. Yeah, it is How have they found the time? By anyone's measure. <laughs> yeah, very efficient. Um, uh, Blackburn, Bristol City and Nottingham Forest all battling against relegation. Burton, Albion are too, but they had a fantastic win away at third place Huddersfield with a 96th minute winner. That's one of those ones like Palace beating Chelsea. The rest of the team's going, oh, for Christ, come yeah. on, Huddersfield. Yeah. You're going for promotion here. Yeah. That shouldn't be happening. They're, they're, that's, that's them cooked now, I think, really, for automatic, isn't it? Nine points behind. I know they've got a game in hand, but they're yeah, nine yeah. points behind. Pete Donaldson's Newcastle United aren't going to Slip up and romping Bright- away. Brighton, like they're, they're finally the going to do it. Yeah, they're <laughs> Brighton are having a do, sleepy yeah. time. Maybe they get Sissoko back on loan, emergency <laughs> loan. Yeah, and, uh, and Fulham have snuck into the playoffs. Oh, there we go. Um, speaking of those odds on for promotion, we go to League Two, and it was the Donaldson Moore derby. Portsmouth mm. won it 2 0. Pompey cruise into promotion, Luke Moore. Yeah, I think it might actually happen. <laughs> but that's as much, Don't that's say as, that. That's as much as you're going to get out of me <laughs> yeah. at this point. Up they've the got, they've got a six point cushion with six games left. But if any team, if any team can flip that around. I think it might well be my boys down the south coast. You'd always be proud if they did. Any, if, any, if any team could um, could miss the the junction on the Pompey Highway and overshoot it, I think it might well be. They've done it on the weekend yeah. that they have the... Uh... The South Coast Derby. Oh, right? Peter, are you worried about Hartlepool? They're five points above the drop zone. I think they're going to be all right. Do you think? Yeah. <laughs> I think they've got a decent manager what and you? if they can do it, if he can, if anyone can do it, he can do it. Yeah, okay. All right. Well, you've heard it here first. Mm. Um, in the Scottish Premiership, Celtic have won the league. 
Um, they, yeah. they they hammered the not so uh, <laughs> magnificent Corky Boys five nil mm, in Edinburgh. A they needed to win that game, not so so uh, emphatically, but they needed to win it um, due to Aberdeen beating Dundee seven nil. Um, but uh, yeah, that, that was a, that was. A, I, mean, well, I was going to say this was the, the highlights of the weekend, but yeah. I've got Howard Robertson there messaging saying uh, Celtic will obviously get most of the coverage in Scotland this week, but Aberdeen won seven nil away at Dundee. Not only did it include a lesser spotted hat trick from a centre back, <laughs> but according to the BBC report, their performance was even more dominant than the scoreline suggests. They won seven nil. Seven nil with a centre back getting a hat trick yeah. away from home. <laughs> Mark, but, Mc, um, Mark McGee was disgusted with the officials, by the yeah, way. Yeah, I bet game. he was. I, I tried to find uh, if that was if that was Aberdeen's biggest ever away win in their history but I mean someone could one of the listeners could hopefully help me out here they beat Peterhead 13 nil back in 1923 wow. but that was at home that was at home I don't, I don't know what they're away I think they might Peterhead's just one man though yeah, that's true. Yeah, he's done well there. Yeah, well, he's a bit of a one-trick head. pony, yeah. really. He, he played the ball on the oh, floor. He's useless. He got sent off at halftime. Can I just say before you move on from Celtic, I heard an amazing interview with Brendan Rodgers on the radio after they won the title. Right, uh, God bless the guy who, 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 who snuck in and got the interview with Rodgers as soon as they won the title. He probably thought this is this is prime, oh, yeah. absolutely right for a Brendan Rodgers quote. <laughs> yeah. And he went in there, and I'm not joking. Brendan Rodgers referred to himself uh, as the architect of the future of the club. That is fantastic. <laughs> that is wonderful stuff. Look, he's won it. I've bloody enjoyed he's won it. it. Yeah. To be fair, like obviously the, the title's always Celtics to win, you know, six in a row. Yeah. Um, but the way they've won it, they have been superb because was it Ronnie, I forget his name, Ronnie Dealer? Ronnie Dyler, yeah. Dyler. Yeah. He was pretty useless. I mean, they, they won the league, but the way old Ron used to try and, you know, sleep, you know, they would they would not canter over the line. They would sort of sleepwalk well, to it. Basically, yeah, yeah, exactly. That's what I'm trying to desperately well, they've say. Dropped, they've only dropped four points all season, so I mean, you can't really argue. They with have that. been. Yeah. I mean, yes, it's theirs to to win, but they have been uh, magnificent. But what I would say to the rest of of the teams in the league, mainly to Aberdeen, because they obviously in second place. At least they had to wait till April. Just, yeah, just about, if it's in March if a yeah. team win a league in March that's pretty piss poor yeah, yeah. teams win the league in May obviously if it's just one month earlier and it just on a technicality it was April so well done eating, do you reckon that's eating Rogers up <laughs> I don't think so I think he's eating himself up no, right now you can't, you can't eat you up when you're an architect that's he right to coach you're an architect of the future yeah right I'd love that get, get a Brendan Rogers business card with Brendan Rogers mm-hmm. architect of the future mm. <laughs> it's wonderful stuff. <laughs> um, Hamilton beat St Johnston 1-0 there this was, was uh, great there was, there was two sendings off in, in this game for fighting seldom do you see players actually fighting well unless it's Scotland actually because we <laughs> um, uh, Hibs versus Greenock and there's a little bit more on that to come um, Richard Foster and, and Danny Swanson fighting um, their teammates yeah I saw that that's the catch the yeah. fantastic thing about it was I don't know if anyone saw it on, on the video online it wasn't actually caught the, the actual fracas wasn't caught but then the, the camera was in a different spot and it, they quickly realised there was something happened so the camera sort of panned back and by then it had all sort of bored over um, <laughs> it was still pretty furious it was great yeah it was great and, and the fantastic thing about it was it Hamilton would beat Hamilton beat St Johnson 1-0 mm. because obviously two St Johnson players were sent off but uh, when the fracas was happening the Hamilton fans could see that it was two St Johnson players fighting and they were all going off off off, no, off. Right. <laughs> this is brilliant oh, I love a bit of that um, the fallout from uh, Hibbs and uh, Green at Morton continues this is magnificent yeah in the Scottish Championship Hibbs haven't won the league yet they drew with Dunfermline one all but the day before the match now this was two days after um, last Wednesday's 0-0 uh, between Hibbs and Green at Morton where mm. Jim Duffy and, and Neil Lennon went 
hint at it and then there was all that funny uh, quoting and so on and so forth from both managers after the game Neil Lennon because uh, Jim Duffy before we move on to Jim Duffy was a little bit cheeky and a little bit smiley about it wasn't he for some of the quotes he was having a bit of a laugh and whatnot, mm. and he was kind of ah well not to worry Neil Lennon was still fuming at Duffy um, after that game and the press conference ahead of the Dunfermline game on, on the Friday Lennon was still going at it the, the thing is with that press conference he he actually had it recorded which is apparently quite unusual in the Scottish Championship he wanted cameras there and if you see the stills from it oh which is in God. all the news reports <laughs> it's like someone doing a wrestling promo it, it's like he's about to go fully feral and just bite someone's neck it is absolutely hysterical you know when you see like uh, like Rottweilers baring yeah. their teeth yeah, that's exactly what he looks like in some of those shots um, but uh, Lennon said uh, when he unleashed at the press conference did I have bad blood with Jim Duffy before no not at all but we do now and then he said Jim played it down because he knows he's in the wrong but I'm not letting him get away with that he, he kept having a go at them because they, he had uh, apparently initially Lennon said um, when he was asked about the whole situation he said I, I don't know what he said I couldn't hear it's too loud but all they reported was that he said he offered me a square go yeah. but he keeps saying I was saying that euphemistically right. and they're going but what you don't want us to report what you, what you actually said it was a euphemism <laughs> it is absolutely amazing the full transcript is online I urge you to check it out yeah. um, Scott, the Scottish Sun are already referring to it as square go gate <laughs> I'm not even making that up, they are. And, he, and Lennon also said he's ba- about Jim Nuffy. He's basically saying he doesn't want to get into a public debate with me, which is ironic, really, because he's never off phone-ins and he's got a column in the paper. <laughs> <laughs> Just finding anything to dig him about. I did have time for him, but not anymore. Yeah, they used to be pals. I told yeah, you last week they used to be right, pals. Yeah. My goodness, now uh, we go to the highlights of the weekend with Luke Moore. Yes, so that's the weekend. I've just noticed that quite a lot of people, um, too made to mention, uh, got in touch about the Rudy Gustav fact. It's actually 39 defeats in a row, not 39 defeats in total, because you're right about the... Uh, defeats? Yeah. Uh, no, without, without a win. Oh, sorry. Right. Without, sorry, not defeats, without a win, yeah. I'll get there in the end. Um, what else have we got here? Oh, yeah, here's one for you guys, before I go into what the listeners have got in touch with as well. Um, Lincoln, are, you know, the famous Lincoln of the, of the yeah, cup run, please. they're playing one of their games in hand tonight against Dagenham and Redbridge, who are themselves are doing quite well. Lincoln are only top on goal difference at the moment, and... Mm. Only one team goes up. I just thought it was worth mentioning yeah. because there's a lot of football to be played left this season still. Mm. Well, and only one team go up, and everyone seems to think Lincoln is this amazing like league team in all but name. Um, but it's not. It's not done. Well, the Cowboys kept saying about the cup run, it's great, but you know the, the league is really our priority. Well, it doesn't look like it. Well, I mean, they are top to be fair, but, yeah, but, but, but I think they were a good few points clear yeah, when they were in the I cup. Think that, that cup distraction perhaps has come yeah. back to bite them on the bottoms. Yeah, there we go. Anyway, Darren Booty, the beautifully named Darren Booty. Bootiful. Yeah. Uh, it says, I took my lad to see Southend United v Oldham at the weekend. His first football league game. Highlight from that was a little man asking me if all the Southend players live in the same stadium. Uh-huh. Uh, got me wondering about other clubs and what it would be like if they all lived together. Oh. I smell a sitcom. P.S. It's a good job that isn't the case, especially for Southend United. Imagine Phil Brown as a housemate. <laughs> mm, yeah. I remember when uh, they did an MTV Cribs with the Wu-Tang Clan and they pretended they are <laughs> one big ass. <laughs> Excellent. That's great. That's Phil, Phil Brown would be more like the landlord, wouldn't he? Like the live-in landlord. Probably would be, Because yeah. he'd still be the manager. He'd definitely have, he'd definitely have one of those like, list of... List of house rules yeah. when they throw everyone to adhere to. Uh, Callum Ewing, my heart of the weekend was Tony Hibbert joining unbeaten Sunday league side Hares FC, who were unbeaten in nine games before they signed for him. Uh, they probably lost 1 0 mm. um, on his first appearance. Hashtag still got it. So Tony Hibbert is now playing for a Sunday league side who aren't winning. That's interesting, though. He went yeah. a professional L- player. Yeah, well, I, I, I went to Dulwich Hamlet recently, uh, obviously. Um, and. Uh, Jamie O'Hara and Paul Konchesky played with Billy Ricky. Yeah, they do, yeah. Oh, I, I right. think they might have a bit of money behind them now. They, they seem to yeah. be picking up uh, different, different ex-league players. Because Jamie O'Hara's not actually that old, is no. he? He must be like 
early 30s, mm. at a premium. Mid-30s, maybe, yeah. Uh, and uh, what else have we got here? Um, Dominic Clarkson. After a large spell of Swansea possession against the Borough, my three-year-old son tells me, I don't like that team in white, Daddy. Why? They're not sharing the ball with the Borough. <laughs> <laughs> Bless him, he says, up the Borough. There we go. Excellent. There yeah, we are. We had a bit of dads, dads at the football matches and mums at football matches. Now we've got kids at football matches. Yeah, there we are. It's fun nice. for all the family. Kids at football matches say the funniest things. Pete, as a man, as the only man in this room with children, how do you, <laughs> how do you feel that went? Out <laughs> no, I don't see my kids. They don't, they don't allow me to. That's yeah. why I said it. Any highlights for the weekend, gentlemen? Yeah, mine was, uh, maybe not the weekend, but from, from the week past. So I don't know if you saw the story about James McLean, where um, a, a, five, a, a local five-a-side team in, I think, Derry, um, who have Down syndrome, put out a call for, for opposition because they struggle to find opponents and McLean uh, was over there so he put a team together and they, they went down there and oh, had a little God. match with them Great and stuff. It, it, I think um, McLean's team actually lost and he went in goal for the penalty shootout and let in every goal so <laughs> that's, that's, oh, that's nice, <laughs> nice oh, that's a good note to end on yeah, yeah. Well, is, well, that, is that your way of saying you haven't got a highlight of the weekend yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think we have time gentlemen but before we go we've got some talk on the latest Acast Plus specials Luke yes two this month for all our Acast Plus subscribers um, the first of which is me uh, talking to David Jones of Monday Night Football um, and other bits and pieces over at Sky Sports. Uh, he was a very interesting chap, told me all about his career and, and what goes into making a Monday Night Football and what they get up to while the game's actually playing and all the preparations. Fascinating insight, actually. Mm. And the second one I will leave to Pete to uh, describe because it's frankly ludicrous. Uh, <laughs> it's a bit of a two-parter. The first half is uh, live show stuff from our uh, Hackney gig we did before Christmas. And the second part is me interviewing my dad. Would you like to hear a clip, Luke? Yeah, I, I sort of. Here's one of my dad's horrible Navy stories. It's like it's like the bottle of the bottle of vodka with me and me mate. Well, it wasn't vodka. It was uh, anisette. We bought a bottle of uh, anisette uh, illegally, and we snuggled it back on board. And uh, me and me mate George uh, went down the uh, down the switchboard, the electrical switchboard, and uh, uh, drank it basically. And uh, the next morning, uh, hung over, turned to went to work, went up the workshop, and. Uh, George had an epileptic fit, and I thought, oh my God, that's going to happen to me. <laughs> and I was panicking all morning. There we go. Oh, nice. Foul. That's sort of what a foul can, man. Sort of thing you can expect. Yeah. So uh, this month for all ACAS Plus subscribers, um, you get ad-free rambles, of course, and this month you get two uh, specials, but it's usually one per month, all for one ninety nine a month. Marvellous stuff. And and seriously, they are worth it, especially to find out why Pete is the way he is. <laughs> it sheds some insight, doesn't it? A little cameo from your mam as well, isn't it? A little bit, yeah. There mm. we are. Um, right, gentlemen, we must leave. Say goodbye, Jim. Goodbye. Say goodbye, Luke. Goodbye. Say goodbye, Peter. <laughs> Hello. And it's goodbye from me. <laughs>